Welcome to the Mom and Around podcast. I'm your host, Liz Mercedes, and this is a podcast for moms. That's you by moms. That's me. Today, we have a little co-host with me here. So if you hear her like sucking on her rattle or something, I'm really sorry. Um, we have a really special guest today. This is Mason and Addison's mom, Ashley, here with us. How are you, Ashley? Good. How are you? Good. So we connected through a Like to Know It event, right? Yep. And then I went on to your profile and I saw that we had a mutual friend and it was like so random, um, but so funny that we know someone in common because we don't live in the same state, right? You're in Arizona, right? Yeah. Yep. And I'm in Austin and um, I'm not even from there. And not, and we're, not, yeah, we're, yeah. And neither one of us are from neither there. One of us <laughs> and um, we just happen to have a friend in common. So that's really funny. And turns out a lot in common as well. So I know. Cool. I feel like yeah. just, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason, which is so funny. Um, and I'm doing this podcast, like a lot of things just kind of come together like that. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, um, yeah. But so Ashley's here with us today. I'm very excited for our interview. I was just reading through. You have a really cool backstory. Um, so yeah, I was just reading. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. So how, you have two kids. How old are they? So Mason is five and Addison is almost three. Okay. Okay. So we're oh. kind of, we're almost at the end of the terrible twos and now it's getting worse because we're in like the terrible twos on steroids, which is the threes. Teenagers, you got Yeah, no they're so there. bad. So bad. <laughs> but I do think it's like, they're so fun. I mean, I guess they are as a mom, it's a little different, but like when you're an outsider, a three ninja is hilarious, right? Because they're, yeah. they're learning like how to talk back and like all of that. Um, so it's, it's definitely a fun stage, but an exhausting stage. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's when they learn that your names aren't actually mom and dad. And so if they want to be sassy or if they're trying to get their way, then they'll start calling us Matt and Ashley. I'm like, what no is happening? Way. That's yes. so funny. Yeah, so it's it's fun. They have such a little personality, and it starts to really shine through at that age. So it's yeah. the most fun age, but definitely the most testing age. Totally, I could see that. Yeah, probably exhausting yeah. for sure. How's yeah. their relationship, the two of them? It's good. Mason's like the sweet, gentle soul who wants to please everybody, do well in school. He's our easy kid, but then he okay. has like that little secret side where he'll push his sister because he knows how to push her buttons and then she's just our wild child we we just wake up every morning not really knowing what the day will look like or what's going to happen because uh-huh. she's either gonna have a really good day or pretty terrible day so that's so funny yeah <laughs> I feel like the seconds usually tend to be like the wild child like whether it's a yeah. boy or a girl they just are wild yeah I mean there's just no way to explain her she will climb on anything and jump on anything. And if you sit down, you turn into a playground. And my first wasn't like that. So this is a whole new area for me. <laughs> That's so funny. And Mason wasn't like that when he was younger. He was he was always just really sweet and calm and patient. So <laughs> That's nice. I mean, yeah. the best way to explain Addison is I gave her the wrong colored plate the other day for lunch. Uh-huh. And she threw it back at me with the food on it. So that was oh fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, it wasn't pink, uh, it was blue. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then how do you parent at that point? Like, how do you discipline? Because I feel like part of you is obviously angry. Like, are you kidding me? Did you really just throw a plate at me? But then also, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it is. That is one of the hardest things about parenting is not laughing in front of your child and like, you know, affirming that that's okay. Yeah. So 
I mean, obviously you go into shock right away. You're like, what just happened? I just had a plate of food thrown at me, but okay. So we're over that. Uh, let's clean this up and turn around and laugh and then try to explain you can't do that. And yeah. I usually won't give them the right plate. Like I'll give her that plate back. And if she doesn't want to eat, she doesn't want to eat, but okay. yeah. And then the next time I give her a pink one, so that yeah. it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. After you get yeah. something thrown at you. <laughs> yeah. You can't reward it, but yeah. I'm going to try to pick my battles. Totally. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Especially because you're probably like busy too on top of that. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, forever right. to have this battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before you were a mom, I was reading, you were a lawyer, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. So I went through like the normal phase. You go to college, try to figure out what you want to do in life. Both of my parents were attorneys, and so I kind of grew up into that that lifestyle, the just like kind of not expecting that that's what I would do, but um, definitely a little bit of pressure there, and I did truly like it. Uh-huh. Um, but then, you know, you have your, well, what do I actually want to do, debating on um, other areas, ultimately decided to go to law school, did that. I really liked law school. Obviously, okay. I don't like the classes and everything, but I enjoyed the learning aspect of it. And then entered into the workforce, and I always knew I wanted to do family law. That was the okay. only type of law I really wanted to do. So, is that what your parents um, practiced? No. So they did. They neither one of them did family law. Okay. Yeah. So that was just me. I had a really big passion for children, helping children, which you uh-huh. don't totally do when you are an attorney. But my other areas that I was considering in college was social work, and then a teacher. Okay. And so it was always geared towards children. Um, uh-huh. And so then when I did become an attorney and start practicing, I always knew it would be something with children. Mm-hmm. And then I did that for about five years. And so my my husband is self-employed and really has always been self-employed. Um, and so he travels a lot for work. Okay. And I really struggled with raising a child while he was traveling and I was an attorney working long hours. Okay. And so right before COVID happened, actually, we made a decision as a family for me to retire from the practice okay. and then COVID happened. So we, I stuck it out a little bit longer. Um, but then it really opened up so many doors to, you know, what's next because I knew I wanted to keep working uh-huh. I knew I wanted to do something, but I had to find something that I could do remote and right. that's not family law. So loved practicing. I loved family law. If I ever went back, it would be family law. I don't really have any regrets about that. Absolutely loved what I did. Loved my clients, everything. So, um, it just was, it was best for my family to not be working the crazy long hours. Totally. Your hours are set a lot by the court schedule. And then if you have a husband who's out of town or who has long hours as well, it's just really hard to get your kids from daycare on time. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah, our kid was always the first one at daycare and one of the last ones picked up sometimes after the time that you're supposed to get them. Oh, (laughs) so then what did you transition to initially? So then we had a couple of online businesses that we were working on. Um, the, my business that I started doing was a children's boutique and that since it was during COVID, I just did as an online business to start. And it actually started as a women's and children's boutique because I wanted to have an avenue for moms that they could shop for themselves, but also their kids. Okay. And then realized that once again, my passion is children and I really struggled to 
focus on the women's side of it because I just wasn't interested in it. Okay. So I ended up transitioning it just to a children's boutique. And then about a year that's later. Awesome. What you decide to do a children's boutique? I feel like that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what that was. And okay. so I was just going through like, I don't, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis, but kind of, I mean, I, I quit what I thought was my identity and now I'm raising a child. I tried being a stay-at-home mom for a month and a half and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, like, I have to do something. I don't know what it is, but I have to do something. I can't stay at home full time because I, at the end of the day, I'm so exhausted. I am so just burnt out that I couldn't do it. Um, and so I'm like, how could I do this where I could be part-time stay-at-home mom and a part-time, you know, work from home, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And then it was, okay, let's start an online store of some type. Well, what do you, what are you good at? What do you know? What do you like? And I always had the passion for children's clothing from the standpoint of trying to find good quality clothing. Okay. Like everybody's been there where they buy their cute little outfits, they wash it once, and then they have to basically throw it away because it's trashed. Totally. Or the stuff that just isn't comfortable that your kids don't want to wear. And then my first child being a boy was hard to find boys clothing. Oh yeah, definitely. It was, I mean, and I wanted him to dress like a little man. And so I couldn't really find that for him. Uh, And so then I was like, well, let's just start a kid's boutique and see what happens. And it worked. So that's great. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So about a year later, um, actually my business partner now, she was an attorney in family law as well. And was kind of struggling the same thing. You're struggling with the same things that I was where, you know, how do you raise a family, work the long hours? It's just, you get really close to that burnout. Yeah. Were you guys friends before? uh, We weren't like friends. We knew of each other. We were acquaintances. We went to the same high school. Uh, We were in law school at the same time for, I want to say it was a year. Uh And then we just reconnected and... She had said, can we meet for a glass of wine? I want to hear about you leaving, what your experience was like, what you're doing now. And it's one glass turned into two glasses, an hour turned into multiple hours. And by the end of it, it was, you know, do you want to be my partner in this? And let's open a brick and mortar. So we met a couple more times, really talked it through. And then just kind of both decided that that's what we wanted to do is open a brick and mortar uh-huh. tag team it, you know, it puts a little bit less risk on any one of us having to be fully in store or anything like that. So, totally. um, yeah, so we opened it with a, with kind of like a, it was considered a collective style. So we didn't have a true lease. It was more of like a testing phase of four okay. months. Okay. And then we opened our permanent location and no regrets. So happy we did it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so then your first store or your store is in where is it again? It's in Fargo, North Dakota. So I'm from okay. Fargo. Okay. Yeah. And we that's where I was living at the time that I was practicing law and um we just moved to Arizona a couple years ago. So okay. and that was for my husband's work and one of the reasons why the law career wasn't going to work full term or full time. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how you do this. What? Oh, this all day? <laughs> yeah, being at home all day and the constant, like, always trying to make sure that she's happy, but also, like, trying to do your own business. Like, that is wild to me. It's a lot. Um, I give you so much credit. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I was a teacher before. 
Um, and then after I was a teacher, I was in, uh, I was on the child study team. So I tested kids for disabilities and okay. I toyed with going back, but I couldn't justify because I was working like directly with kids. I couldn't justify like raising other people's kids and like not being mm -hmm. home with my own. So that's how we're here <laughs> now. Yeah. But yeah. Did you think it would be as hard as it is? Um, um, honestly, like, yes and no. Like, I think it's a different hard than I thought it would be. Um, you know, like I knew the mental gonna... hard. That's so difficult to get past. Yeah. Like you're exhausted, but you know, honestly, like teaching was, I was just as exhausted at the end of the day. Okay. Um, so I did teaching for almost 10 years and oh wow so you know you'd have like 20 something kids in the class and then I was a special ed teacher um but I, so I was in the classroom with another teacher usually um but the special ed kids were like my like kids you know um mm -hmm. and so it was it was exhausting and I would yeah. work after school so I would work until like five o'clock and so when I transitioned to an office and I came home not exhausted, I was like, oh, this is weird. Like I'm actually, mm -hmm. I actually have energy to like do other things now again, where mm -hmm. I didn't have that when I was a teacher. So, I mean, yes, this is exhausting, but I feel Either like way it was going to be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like similar. So, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And I went from a desk job to trying to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, this is so exhausting, so mentally exhausting. My husband would get home and I'd be like, just take your kids. I need time. Just take them. Get them out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. You definitely need time at the end of the day for yourself. She goes down at like 730, which is – well, my husband makes dinner and she sits there and watches him make dinner. And that's like one <laughs> time, you know. Um, and then she goes down at like 730. And so that that's nice. Yeah. Um, and then she's like staring at the mic. <laughs> and then we kind of have like us time. She too, just wants to talk. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be interviewed. She does. Right? Is that yeah. what she's staring at the mic? <laughs> That's what she's staring at you. Yeah. Um, so cute. <laughs> so then, okay, so now you have the brick and mortar. Is, is that what you're still doing? Um, and you're st you started with uh, your realtor license, right? Yeah, so I'm working remote for Vela Kids now, the children's boutique. Okay. So we got it to a point where we were able to pretty much run it with us being on the back end. And then we uh -huh. have some key team members who are there on a day-to-day -day basis, just That's making awesome. sure that everything runs smoothly in store. Yeah. And that was really our main goal because we both, I mean, we both had this passion to try to make it easier for moms to find like their high quality items and one-stop shop. Yeah, but we weren't willing to give up our flexibility with our kids. And that was the biggest Definitely. thing in practice of law for both of us is when your children have something going on, whether it's, you know, they're, they're sick or they mm -hmm. have a sporting event or something that is during the weekday or even on a weekend, if you had a bunch of stuff that you had to do, you just, you couldn't get away to do it. And so opening this store we both said to ourselves let's make sure that we can get this operating somewhat independently yeah. or at least you know in store independently so that if something happens and our kids are sick for a few days or if there's swimming lessons we can go and be there for them yeah. and yes that means we probably are going to be working at night when they go to bed but it yeah. just provides that flexibility totally so what with that, that in mind what, what was, was that, that process like like getting it into to run honestly it's 
all about your team. We have an amazing team. And so we were very aware of like who we were trying to find to fill those roles and Uh finding people who we really trusted and who were really good at what they do. And that was what made us so we could be more on the back end. And so we're still doing this pretty much as our full-time job. I mean, we sit at our desk most of the day doing Uh this, but Uh it's nice because we can get away. Um, you know, if my kid has gymnastics, I can go watch, bring her there and then come back and, yeah, and do it. So it's, yeah. it's nice. And that was really, that was our always, um, that was our main goal in doing this is trying to maintain our flexibility with our children, but have a business and be able to yes. still work full time, but on our full time hours. So yeah. our eight hours might look different because they're two in the morning before they get up they're you know scattered throughout the day and then maybe I mean last night I sat in bed for three hours and had my computer out working because that was the only time it worked for me to get it done (laughs) yeah goodness yeah totally I hear that that's kind of like where I'm at now or like when she naps is when I'm doing things or um you know when I'm trying I'm trying to squeeze it in whenever I can Mm -hmm. yeah and then the realtor license came because my husband and I are chronic entrepreneurs and so the minute we have any downtime, it's, well, what should we do next? And Vela Kids got so good at running on its own with us on the background that I'm like, I think I can take on more. Um, I don't know if I can. We'll find out because uh-huh. it's, it's a lot right now. But yeah. we – so um, I'm going to be flipping homes here. So we actually just got our first property. So I have a partner in Arizona who's uh-huh. a friend of ours that has flipped a bunch of homes and he just said, Hey, you want to partner on this and start flipping some homes around our area. So I'm actually heading there after this podcast to look at the house to start flipping. So yeah, it's it's fun. And they're all just very different. But what I like is they work your brain. Every, every job works your brain so differently. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. it's, It's fun. Yeah, that's great. And so for the flipping homes, you're working with like another person, like a contractor. So I have a partner who we will hire a contractor to do the work. Yep. So we just will find the homes and then he's actually a broker. I got my realtor license here because he has it in North Dakota. Okay. He's also from North Dakota. Yep. So then I got it in Arizona just to help with our processes. So it's not quite as, you know, draining on other people to, Hey, we need to see this house today because a lot of these homes, you have to see them really quick. And so it's, a lot easier if you can just go let yourself in and get the deal done. Yeah, totally. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. What do you like to do besides like working, like in your free time? Like what's like a me time thing you like to do? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to relax because I love to read and I love to just like sit there, relax with the kids but I can't turn my brain off very easily. Okay. So um, we're working on that, but I would say, in my free time, if I have it, which is rare, then I'll read because at least my brain is still going. I don't have to sit there in silence and start going down a, a path of stress and worry and then end up at my computer to try to fix it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also content create too, right? Yeah. And awesome. that's, that's my fun thing. That's kind of my stress reliever just because it's fun to interact with people like how I was yes. connected with you and to build that community of moms in the back end, which really has happened because of the creation, the content creation. Yes. Um, and I don't think I ever would have met so many people if I didn't do it. Okay. And I know it's different because everyone's online, but even like phone calls, FaceTimes, 
just messaging. It's pretty yeah. constant, but moms checking in on moms is such a good thing to do. So huge. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. why we touched on it before we started the podcast, but I started this podcast because, you know, I get interactions with other moms. I get like conversations and, you know, it's, it feels like a community as she's screaming. This is the worst she's been on a podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Like she's honestly never been this bad. And she's been on like three, I think, podcasts that I've recorded. Girl. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't notice. And it's probably because I have constant noise since I work from home. My child, uh-huh. my, my one of my children is still here. But she's always running around and loud. And so I am to the point I don't hear the noise. <laughs> Hopefully people that are listening don't hear it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, it drives my husband crazy because they'll be screaming. And he'll be like, are, are we concerned about this? I'm like, concerned about what? Yeah. Do you not hear the screaming? I'm like, no, actually, I, I do now, but I didn't. It I didn't phase yeah, me. Totally. <laughs> it didn't phase me. I hear it all day long. Just like throwing all her toys at her. Like, come on. <laughs> do you get like that, though, where you just don't hear the noise anymore? Or maybe yeah, it's... I'm not there yet. I'm not there, yet. Not there yet. I'm only yeah. five months in. <laughs> You'll get there, and it'll happen quick, where all of a sudden, you just don't hear the noise. I'm, like, constantly overstimulated. I'm like... Yeah. And then the dog gets going, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I just mm-hmm. like, five minutes, guys. At a certain point, though, it'll all become normal. I mean, it's to the point where if I leave the fridge open, which is probably my worst personality trait, uh, I don't hear the beeping really I just like there's so much noise like obviously I hear it but it doesn't click because there's just so much happening Uh and that's another one where my husband's like can you please shut the fridge or the microwave beeping I'm like okay sorry I forgot so I could just leave the (laughs) fridge open and walk away (laughs) like hey you know what I it's not as long as a kid screaming and half the time that doesn't phase me either (laughs) yeah oh my god that's so funny but you just learn to work with it even when like the kitchen Uh, fan is on I like I, sometimes I don't notice like how overstimulated I am when it's on and then it gets turned off and I'm like, oh my God, that was bothering me and I didn't realize yeah. it. Like it's, yeah, I think I'm just e- easily overstimulated. But I think that's part of the reason like moms have such a hard time turning their brains off. Totally. Because of all of the overstimulation and then it's like you get that minute by yourself and you sit there and it doesn't feel right. It, it feels so wrong. Like you feel guilty doing it. Right. And then like, also- more I could be doing. Totally. Yes. Your brain has like a second to be like, oh, these are the things that I was supposed to be thinking about today yeah. when my brain wasn't overstimulated. Totally. Yeah. Like, I oh, I forgot to do this really minor task that could be done in years and nobody will notice, but now I have to do it because I just thought of it. Yep. Yep. I like before her, I was like such a procrastinator. I was like, I don't want to say lazy, but I'm pretty lazy. And now I'm like, I can't sit still. <laughs> like it's, it's bad. I like, I think I was burnt out like from teaching and stuff for so many years. And so like, I was really good at relaxing and now I just, I cannot sit still. Like my husband yesterday yeah. was like, do you want to play? There's this game Sky Joe that we play. Sometimes it's so fun. If you don't play it, it's like, it's a card game and it's like so much fun. And so he's like, do you want to play Sky Joe? So I was like, yeah, let's play. And then we sat down to play and I was like, hang on, let me just put in a load of laundry. Hang on. Let me just wash the bottles. Hang on. Let me just, and then he's like, we don't have to play if you don't want to play. But I like, I couldn't just sit there and play yeah. the game because there was just so, because when I sit down and look around, she was asleep at this point. Then mm-hmm. it's like, wait, but there's so much that I have to do. And if I don't do it right mm-hmm. now, then it's not going to get done. Right. I know. That's why when you ask me what I like to do in free time, it's like, well, I mean, I don't normally have free time. Totally. But if I 
do have free time, I don't really know because I'm too overstimulated to ever do anything. Yeah. So I just work more. I don't know. But no, that's I also how that. the second business got created again yeah. is the free time is so hard for us because we're both like that where, I mean, we, when we first got married, had to make a rule that we could only have our laptops out in the evening two to three nights a week because we would do it every single night watching a movie. Let's get out our laptops sitting down. You know, maybe we have a glass of wine or something after dinner. Let's get out our laptops. Like we would still be interacting with each other and having conversations, but we couldn't, we couldn't put work away. Uh-huh. This was when I was an attorney. Like we just, we couldn't do it. And so it kind of has become just part of our relationship of like, mm-hmm. if we have free time or we're watching TV, let's work. Mm-hmm. which probably isn't very healthy. <laughs> so we just have to schedule. I mean, we do a weekly date night. Every single week we have a date okay. night together. And then out usually the once a week, what? Out of the house? Yes, out of the house. No okay. children. So once a week we leave the house for a date night. And then usually we've been slipping on a little bit, but usually once a week we'll meet for lunch or mm-hmm. like a happy hour of some type. Oh, that's nice. Or like he'll come home from work early and I'll shut down early and we'll just do a couple hours at home with the kids in the background. Mm-hmm. But we had to implement that because we don't want to obviously lose our relationship because of our inability to stop working. <laughs> totally. So As yeah. she's screaming. I think she's And it's so good for your relationship too, to just have that time away from the kids. I can totally see that. See, we're, I'm not at the point where I'm like, well, we don't really have anyone here. So like if I, when I'm home, like when I'm in New Jersey, my mom Mm -hmm. will watch her or like my mom was here for two months after I had her. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, It was really nice. So she watched her a couple of times for us to get out, but I'm not at a point where I felt comfortable, like leaving her with someone. With someone that you don't know. That I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we don't get a ton of time without her. She is well, it's hard when they can't talk because if something were to happen, like they can't tell you that. And we were lucky when we moved here, like we didn't have, so Addie would have been almost a year, but Mason would have been older. So he could talk. Definitely. definitely. So we felt a lot better. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like I babysat a lot, like throughout the years that I was teaching and, you know, being a babysitter, like made me more comfortable with getting mm-hmm. my kid a babysitter because like mm-hmm. I was a babysitter like and I knew I wasn't doing anything and a lot of times the babies were really really small and the parents would just kind of like put them to bed and be like you know if they cry just like bring them a bottle or whatever and, mm-hmm. um, they should be fine and I did that for years yeah but even like finding time at home after she goes to sleep like what you guys did with the cards except for <laughs> you cleaning but I mean that's even important if you can't get away for a date night out of the house just to be able to sit down and have that time after I mean I will say that we eat most of our meals like we'll cook the meals when the kids are awake they'll eat their meal we'll sit with them while they eat and then when they go to bed we'll eat our meal okay so it's kind of I mean it's every every couple days we'll do it that way where we still eat our own meal but we're at home when they're sleeping and we're still with them and talking to them while they're eating but that helps tremendously too, yeah. just to stay connected with your spouse. Yeah. The other thing we started implementing is we don't turn on the TV at night. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I feel like even if we did have time, like we were just kind of staring at the screen and it's like, well, when do we have time to connect then? Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't really do that anymore. Or if we do, it's like intentional. Like let's watch this yep. one show. I'm still pumping like breast milk. 
So during the half hour that I pump, we um, usually will watch a show because I'm pumping and I can't really mm-hmm. do anything else. You know, I, I don't do my portable. Like I have a portable pump, but I won't do that at night. I only do that during the day. Gotcha. Yeah, but even like intentionally watching a show together where you can talk about it. Yeah. 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 It's still time together, but it's not that like one-on-one interactive. Let's get to know each other again. Yeah. It's yeah. not the let's date type of experience. It's the let's be lazy because we're both tired, but still be together. <laughs> totally. Totally. And sometimes that's important too. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Um, so how long have you and your husband been together? We actually started dating in 2006. So what is that? Almost 20 years. No, really? Is that right? I can't be right. Yeah, that's right. But we, so we were high school sweethearts, but then we, Um, like any relationship, had our on and off time. So uh, we ended up getting married in July of 2014. My husband, if he watches this, is going to giggle because I always have to think about the date and he can just like snap and just recall it at any point. But yeah, yeah, so we'll be 10 years this July. Nice. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, we'll be together 10 years. We'll be together 10 years, um, in June, but married seven. Okay. So you guys are still, you've been married for a while too. Yeah. We met in high school too, but we were, we didn't date in high school. We didn't date until okay. after college. Gotcha. Yeah. We ended up going to the same college as each other. I followed him. I'll finally admit that. <laughs> I feel like 10 years is long enough to be married to admit that you followed a guy to college, but it worked. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? So tell us your story. As far as how I met him? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. And your relationship. Yeah. So we met in high school and yeah, so I was 14 and he was 15. That just seems crazy to me. Like thinking about a child who's 14 meeting, I don't know. That's just, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, we were kind of off and on. We took a little break in high school, got back together, and then I followed him to college. And then we were together most of our college career. We took a little break uh, my sophomore year. And then towards the end of it, I was like, hey, we've been together for, what would that have been, almost seven years? Uh-huh. Six years uh-huh. off and on. So I was like, uh-huh. when's the ring coming? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we just, I mean, at that point, we knew we were going to be getting married and uh-huh. be together. So we ended up getting a place together after college. And then he stood by my side the whole time while I was in law school and a bear because I was crabby and commuting <laughs> an hour each way to go to class every single day. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah. And it worked out because we both started, I mean, he knew he was going to be going into business. So that was uh-huh. his major he that was his career path I thought I would be an attorney my whole life uh-huh. and then we both just kind of ended up being serial entrepreneurs we call ourselves now so yeah we How just kind you- of like did that together which is nice because you both I don't know how, and I probably started doing it because of him. It's really hard to be married to an entrepreneur because you don't understand the way they think okay and their inability to stop doing more yeah I could see that yeah. How did, um, Perfect. um, how was that transition with, with him, with you going into business and with in your relationship? Yeah. So we actually, I will be honest and we got pretty rocky towards the end of my 
law career okay. just because the long hours, and I shouldn't say we got rocky. We weren't as close and as good as we were mm-hmm. when we, you know, in the first couple of years of our marriage, um, we obviously still got along and everything, but we just had a really hard time connecting outside of work. I mean, I was bringing work home both mm-hmm. just mentally and actually physically work that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And he at that point had the flexibility to, I mean, yes, he'd be gone for work trips or he'd have to work some long hours, but he had pretty good flexibility to be able to like make time for me. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't able to make time for him as much. I was trying mm-hmm. to get as many hours in as I could. Attorneys are, they operate by billable hours. So mm-hmm you know, trying to bill as many hours as I could. And it just got to the point where I was getting burnt out Okay. and then trying to raise our kids to, you know, we would go from working a long day to going home to get the kid, to feed the kid, to put the kid to get to bed. And then at the end of that, you're just, you look at each other and you're like, I'm just done. I'm done today. I don't have anything left in my bucket for you. And it got in this like kind of cycle of that. And so he... I don't want to say he pushed me to leave, but he was very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just told him, like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I want to have another kid. I don't know that we can have one while I'm still working just because mm-hmm. of the hours and how, I don't want to say I sacrifice a lot with Mason, but just how much you don't get to do things that you want to do because of work. Yeah. And and it it wasn't something that I wanted to do. And then we had some, I had some cases that went um, to a point where I didn't feel I was safe anymore. Um, And so we, it just was a decision our family made and he supported me. He pushed Mm me, you know, he said, let's figure out what you're going to do. If it's a stay at home mom, we'll support that. If it's working, you know, we support that. Mm -hmm. It was always a a team effort of what is, what our life will look like. Right. And how long did you have off uh, after you had Mason? Uh, so my work was actually really amazing to, to work with. They gave me about, it was ended up being 13 weeks. So they gave me 12 weeks, but just because of the, um, so he was born October. So it was Christmas and then new year's Mm -hmm. that we had time off. So it just ended up being 13 weeks, but yeah, they, I mean, the place I worked was amazing. And if I went back to practice law, it'd be family law. And there, if I were in North Dakota, like no, no complaints about that. Yeah. It just it was hard and it wasn't the firm's fault that the flexibility was the way it was. It was, if you got, if you got scheduled for a trial, you had to go and do that trial. Yeah. And if it was multiple days and it's travel, I mean, it takes away a lot from your family and it's hard when, you know, a lot of people will have maybe a stay at home spouse with the kids or a job that's flexible, but it's really hard when you have two parents that are both working long hours to try to figure out what are we going to do when a kid is sick. Totally, totally. And then, so at what point did you start staying home? Because I know you said you did it for a month and a half, right? Yeah. So it would have been, Mason would have been almost two. And then it was about a month and a half that I was at home. And that was kind of the time where I was trying to figure out what my next step was. Yeah. yeah. That was my identity crisis stage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which probably didn't help with the being home and feeling the fatigue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think that like, I mean, I'm having trouble with that too. And I've talked about it before, but like my, I've always kind of had my own money and like, you know, worked um, Mm -hmm. ever since 
literally grammar school. Like I was in eighth grade and working. Um, I was an altar server, but like if you booked like weddings and funerals, you would get paid. And so I would book as many weddings and funerals as I could because I wanted to get paid. And then that kind of kept going and I never stopped, you know, working. And so this is the first time that I'm not making my own income. And so I think that's part of like the identity stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like now I'm completely dependent on somebody else. And, you know, obviously Nick is a great partner and it's nothing against him, but it's like, I just, <laughs> but it's like, I just, um, I'm not used to it. And it's like, I don't know if it's a learning curve or what. And again, like kind of sparked the podcast, not that this is making any money, but um, just for, you know, fun and to be able to like do something. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it is like, I don't want to, obviously this is a stereotype, so I don't want to like say anything negative about men or anything like that. But I will say that being a female and having a child, you, your identity becomes being a mom. Yes. That is your identity, whether it is because society places that on you or because in your mind, that's the most important thing to you. I, it, there's no way around like that's forever your identity yes and, and so I totally how do you balance that. that yes yeah no totally and like no you make such a good point because I feel like after we had her you know obviously you have your expectations but I then you know your brain chemistry like seriously changes mm-hmm. like it does change when you become mm-hmm. a mom and so it wasn't like we just go back to normal life you know mm-hmm. and so it was like I like felt the need to like be with her. And like we said, like, I didn't really want to raise somebody else's kids while not raising her. I just felt like guilty. And he was just kind of like, okay, like pick up and like, let's keep going. And it's like, no, well now I'm like in this weird spot. Yeah. It's where I'm like, (laughs) who, like, how can I like juggle all of this? You know? Right. Well, and you can have a job that, you know, you as a teacher, that's your identity. But if you leave it, you're probably not going to struggle with that same identity crisis as becoming a mom. Because when you become a mom, that's, like I said, the most important thing to most. And it's like you, not only does your life change, like what your day-to-day looks like, because now you're probably not hanging out with friends as much and your relationship with your spouse looks different and you can't just leave and go to the grocery store. You have to bundle up a child and just hope that that time you remember shoes. Yeah. Um, but it's just like your, your day-to-day changes. So your whole like picture of your life changes, but also you, you as a person change your identity. And that's where it's so hard to, obviously that will never, like you can always be a mom, but now what parts of my identity go together with that? And for right. me, it wasn't being an attorney and it works for so many people. And I give them so many kudos because that was so difficult for me to do, but for me, it was, okay, what career path can I take that mixes in my head with being a mom? And that was being an entrepreneur and being able to have that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, like it just, that's like the center of your world. And Mm -hmm. so like to like know that like, well, you know, my job kind of has to not come before it, but it, you know, it's scheduled. So I can't just Mm -hmm. drop everything and do what I have to do. That's difficult for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, I mean, it, it's so hard these days too, with, with all the pressures and at the end of the day, my most important thing was my 
ability to be around my kids and to be able to work from home. We have an amazing nanny that's with our kids and is pretty flexible with the hours that we need. And so I can still go out and have lunch with her. And I do most days where I'll bring my computer out and I'll sit with her while she's eating and then I'll come back into my office. And that's, that was always my goal. And it wasn't possible with what I was doing. And unfortunately that was just, I mean, I had to leave that field, but this, I feel very fortunate and very blessed to be able to kind of like pick what my day looks like. And I will work as hard as I need to, to be able to make that happen and make it where I can try to support what I was making before by doing this. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for like moms kind of going through their identity crisis right now? Like on how to kind of figure out what they want to do or kind of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like really take next steps for themselves. Yeah. And that's so hard because everybody's life is so different with the support they have, whether it's a spouse, not a spouse, parents, no parents, friends that are in similar situations, you know, what their career looks like and whether or not that they're, whether or not their spouse could make enough to support them in the interim. I mean, everybody's life looks so different. So the obvious answer is take the leap, but that's not possible for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's not. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I, you know, could have just taken the leap without Matt's support. I couldn't Mm -hmm. have, I would have Mm -hmm. been living on the street because (laughs) it takes a long time to build a business up, to be able to make money doing it. Uh, And so I think my biggest piece of advice is to surround yourself with people because it's not, it's a very isolating feeling when you lose your identity or you're trying to figure out what you want to do or you're not happy with something, but you know, you want to do something else. You just don't know what it is. Yeah. But so many times you scroll through social media and you see these picture perfect lives that are Mm -hmm. highlight reels. That is quite literally what social media is a highlight reel. Yep. And I think just surrounding yourself with people that are going through these, it makes you remember that you're not alone. And this is one of the most normal feelings in the world is everyone's going to go through that identity crisis. Everybody's going to have days where they feel like they're not doing enough. They're doing too much. The mom guilt, the not liking their career, whatever it may be. Yeah. But just connecting with people. I mean, that's what makes you feel better, right? Like we are humans that are meant to interact with one another. We're not meant to sit in isolation. Yeah. And so if we can try to bring together other people or, you know, reach out to somebody who maybe you think they have a perfect life and you can ask them how they got there. And I guarantee they'll say it wasn't easy and they had to work their butt off, make a lot of sacrifices and go through a lot of hurt and pain to do it and learn from them. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. So, but no, it's not easy and no one's path looks the same and no path is easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was that's some great advice. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I always ask people for their birth stories because I love to listen to birth stories. So do you want to share your birth story with us for both? Oh, boy. Um, okay. <laughs> Addison was so easy despite her being the hard child because she was a scheduled C-section. Okay. My first one didn't go as planned. And so basically after my first one, it was a – they told me I had like a 40% chance or something to be able to even deliver, you know, normally after a C-section, be back. Be back. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't try to because I didn't want an emergency one again. So I'm no. like, oh, schedule it. I walked in on my, my scheduled time, laid down, and she came out. So through C-section. Mason was my hard child. 
at birth. He was about a week late. I tried everything. Mm -hmm. Literally Googled how to induce labor. Tried everything. I ate an entire pineapple. (laughs) I don't recommend it. It didn't work and my mouth hurt so bad. Oh no. It was yeah, but um, I was pretty desperate, so I tried it. Uh, he finally, my water broke in the middle of the night. Okay. I went in, and they were like, you're a centimeter. Oh, my God. Barely. Barely. Oh so God. they put me on Pitocin, uh-huh. and I was on it for like 28 hours, and I got to, they said, this is this is giving me more credit than I deserve, but they said 1.5 centimeters after 28 hours on Pitocin. No. Yeah. Yes. And then they had the audacity to tell me that my contractions couldn't be that strong because it wasn't doing anything. So they, you know, put the catheter up to test it and they were like, oh, these like couldn't be much stronger. So we don't know what's happening. Turns out his head was kittywampus in there. What does that mean? So like, I don't know, it was like kind of crooked. So he wasn't pushing down because it was going to the side. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't want to come out. The kid yeah. was too comfortable. So yeah. I don't blame him. It was cold there, you know. <laughs> and so then they ended up saying that I was going to have a C-section. So I went in for that. And then his heart rate started dropping. And while they were trying to get me numb and mm-hmm. they couldn't, like it wouldn't work. They couldn't get me numb at all, even with the like the meds. So I you can't have a C-section if you're not numb, but they couldn't get me numb and his heart was dropping. And at that point they were like, okay, we're just going to put you under. So I went fully under. What? Yeah. That's like so old school. I know. So I went fully under with him and they like, they went out and told my husband, Hey, we have to put her under. We can't get her numb. His heart rate's dropping. And he's like, can I go see her? No. I'm like, okay. So I he wasn't in there with you either. No, he wasn't because they, so they get you numb before your spouse can come in. Yes. And they, so with Addison, he was because they could get me numb. So then they brought him in with Mason. They spent probably 30 ish minutes trying to get me numb and they couldn't. And then they went out and told him like, you can't come in. We're putting her under. They told me he can't come in. We're putting you under. Oh my God. And then in the meantime, as I'm going through the C-section, I hemorrhage. So thankfully I was right before needing whatever they have to do to get the new blood in you. I don't even know what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was right before that, but I came out of it so loopy because I had just been under and I couldn't, because of how much blood I lost, I had like a terrible headache. I couldn't really see much and I couldn't have any lights. So all my pictures with Mason, I looked so drugged up. I don't even look like myself. It's so bad. And I have no memory of meeting him probably until like 10 after 10 hours after he was there just because Mm -hmm. I was, I don't know if it was the meds or what. Yeah. So after that, when the doctor's like, your chances of it going well is like 40%. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing that again. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're done. So yeah, it was not a great birth story with Mason. But no, that's terrible. made it and we're all good. So Yeah. Did you breastfeed him? Yeah, I did. You did. And then how did mm-hmm. that work? Because ten hours after is when I did. I apparently I mean I was still there. Yeah. I just was very loopy. I uh-huh. guess. Um they gave me him so this is my husband's his story on how it went, because I obviously don't remember it, but they brought Mason to me because so they brought Mason out to Matt instead of leaving him in the operating room with me because of the hemorrhaging and needing to like stitch me up. 
Yeah. So then when I got brought out, they gave me Mason and I had no idea I had a kid. So I just, they said, here's Mason. And I said, who? And they were like, Mason, your kid, you just had a kid. And I guess I looked at the nurse and looked down and I said, your name or your face doesn't match what you look like at all. (laughs) Like just completely out of it. And then I started saying how I was choking and no idea I had a child. And meanwhile, I'm nursing him. So I don't know. Oh, you nursed him at that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it worked, but Yeah. yeah. So the nurse, I guess, just must have held him there and done it i don't know wow that's good that they supported <laughs> you like it. That. yeah it's yeah. good that they supported you like that though because they could have just not they could have easily know? said yeah yeah like too bad he's getting formula because <laughs> it's probably easier for them you know than to try to explain to somebody that is clearly drugged up that they had a child and they need to nurse the child <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah it was an interesting experience but the good news is i wasn't in a whole lot of pain and I never felt anything during the surgery because I was asleep. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really good that you, yeah. I mean, I feel like people want to be asleep for birth. I know it sounds like crazy, but like, seriously, like just put me out. <laughs> yeah. If you could come out of it and actually like know what your name is, then yeah, way easier. But I mean, and then I couldn't, like I was having issues where I couldn't stand because I would get so lightheaded and I already have a little bit of an iron deficiency. So okay. that mixed with. The loss of blood wasn't great. Um, yeah. And so if I would try to stand up, I would just topple to the ground. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, like I couldn't go anywhere for, I mean, I couldn't get out of bed for like probably a day longer than normal with a C-section. Uh-huh. And when I would go to shower, like I would have to be like put there because I couldn't walk to get there to even shower. Yeah. So that part lasted a while and was definitely hard to get used to. And I couldn't get up to change his diaper, which I'm yeah. not mad about because that <laughs> first poop diaper is so gross. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> so that part was an adjustment. But I mean, then again, it was my first kid. So I didn't really, it's nice not knowing what to expect. If that yeah. would have happened with my second, I would have been like, no, this isn't how it's supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. How was recovery with your second? It was so much easier. Okay. I mean, I ended up checking myself out of the hospital a day early with her because I was bored and wanted to leave. And I was able, I was used to the other recovery. I shouldn't say used to it. It happened one time, but that was what I knew. That was your normal. How bad that one was. Yeah. Yeah. And so then with this one, after two days, I'm like, can I just leave? They're like, well, no, we want you to stay for three nights. I'm like, well, I would like to leave. Like, well, you have to sign this. I'm like, sure. I'll sign whatever you want. Just, I want to leave. I want to go home. I want to be in my bed, eat my food. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like with your first, though, you do want to stay because you're like, I don't oh, know yeah. how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And but... then they tell you to leave and you're like, can we have a little bit longer? <laughs> We're just, I don't want to leave. What am I supposed to do? Right. How do we wash them? Do we drive with them? <laughs> right. Like, what do you do? My, so she, so the, I was induced my first time. Uh, my first time, my only time. Um, I was going to say, wait, I thought you only have My only time. <laughs> yeah, okay, only time. So the first night I was up because of induction. And then mm-hmm. the second night we had had her, but she kept choking on her saliva or it wasn't saliva. It was, it wasn't saliva. It was amniotic fluid because she came out so fast. Um, I had a really easy like labor and delivery with her. Um, but so she was choking on her amniotic fluid. So I kept having to like call the nurse. So I was up all night cause I couldn't fall asleep because I was like scared it was going to happen mm-hmm. while I was asleep. And then the third night she started cluster feeding. 
Oh, and the worst. I was literally Googling how long can you go without sleep before you die? Because I <laughs> felt like I was going to die. And finally the nurse came in and she's like, okay, I'm going to do some paperwork and I'm going to just, cause we didn't have a nursery in our hospital. Yeah. And she was like, I'm just going to take her with me while I do some paperwork. You sleep for like an hour. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you so much. And I slept for like an hour. I think she left her for like an hour and a half I slept for like an hour and a half and I was like oh my gosh thank god because I was literally losing my mind and that probably felt like eight hours oh yeah yeah (laughs) definitely it's so funny like I feel like after your mom like I had to have eight hours of sleep before Mm -hmm. her and now it's like sometimes I get four and I'm like okay I'm good to go like as long as it's Mm -hmm. like more uninterrupted like it's totally fine Mm -hmm. I know it's like you get four hours you'd be like wow that was a nice sleep yeah (laughs) after yeah. they're like waking up every hour or two and then you get your first three or four hours so she's like I feel like a new woman what are we going to do today uh-huh we just went through a sleep regression like we're just on the other side oh, no. of it and so I'm like I've been getting some good sleep she's she's waking up like two or three times but she'll go right back to sleep and I'm like this is great I have so much energy and Nick's like she still woke up three times last night and I'm like yeah, but she went right back to sleep. Like I didn't have to sit there. Like I was, I was having to sit there with her for like forty minutes to get her back to sleep during oh, the sleep progression. Oh my gosh, it was, oh, it was horrible. So. Well, then you're trying to keep yourself awake, and you're doing like that doze. Like, don't fall asleep. It's dangerous. Don't fall asleep. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now she's like two into this video. <laughs> yeah, say, it, mom, you're embarrassing me with telling my story. This was great. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can now, everyone- next time we're in Texas, we'll stop by and see you. Yeah, same. <laughs> Where in Arizona are you guys? We're in Scottsdale. Okay, nice. I've never been to Scottsdale, but my husband has. Um, yeah. So we'll have to take a trip at some point. Yeah, well, if you guys are in the area, let me know. Yeah, same here. Next we're time in- we're out in Texas. I feel like we go there, I don't know, every, every year, every other year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, we'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty easy a flight for us. It's just direct in, what, yeah. two and a half hours? Yeah, yeah. Not mm-hmm. bad at all. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, where can everyone find you? So I'm on Instagram and LTK, and I'm Ash Halverson on both of those. I'm on TikTok, but don't really like to do a whole lot on TikTok, but it's also Ash Halverson. Okay, awesome. And I'm going to link your shop too, like in the show notes. So oh, awesome. We're looking for, I know I have a lot of boy moms that are just like friends and stuff. So um, if they're looking for some clothes, they can come over to your boutique. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And we're very like neutral style because all the bright colors were stressing me out for kids. And <laughs> so I'm like, let's find a way to make it neutral, classy, kind of dress them like adults. But yeah you know yeah <laughs> no, it's so cute that. and frilly <laughs> yeah definitely i love that that's so cute. well thank you so much thank you so much for listening this week um like and subscribe to the podcast and comment what you thought about this episode we'll see you next week